1: And now, Hebraic Roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International.
0: Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries. And we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Exposing the Kingdom of Darkness. This is part one of the series. We're going to see that in the Bible, the Kingdom of Darkness is likened to Babylon. And Babylon has many different layers to it. And as a result, we can liken the kingdom of darkness to a Babylonian octopus. So in this teaching, we're going to look at the different attributes or characteristics of the kingdom of darkness in the context of being a Babylonian octopus. So first, I want to give you an overview of what we're going to be covering in this teaching. And to begin with, we're going to see that Lucifer is the king of Babylon. And in referencing the king of Babylon in Isaiah chapter 14 verse 4, it then makes reference to Lucifer in Isaiah chapter 14 verse 12. So in order to fully understand the kingdom of darkness, we must first begin with by realizing that before Adam and Eve was in the Garden of Eden that the scriptures tell us that Lucifer rebelled against the throne of Yeshua. We are told this in Isaiah chapter 14 verses 12 and 13. Wherein in Isaiah chapter 14 verse 13, Lucifer said, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God or above the heavenly host. Now what Lucifer did in rebelling against the throne of Yeshua before Adam and Eve was in the garden of Eden, When Yeshua creates... The heavens and the earth, and puts Adam and Eve in the garden, the rebellion of Lucifer against the throne of Yeshua is going to be repeated in the earth, and Lucifer is going to seek to cause mankind to rebel against the kingdom of the God of Israel. So, a prophecy regarding this is found in Psalm chapter 2 and verses 1 through 3, and it is here that we're told that Lucifer inspires. The kings of the earth to rebel against the Lord and against his Messiah. So in Psalm chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, it is written, Why do the nations rage and the people imagine a vain thing? For the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. In Hebrew, that word is Mashiach or Messiah, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. In other words, the kings of the earth do not want to submit to the rule and reign and the authority of the kingdom of the God of Israel expressed through Yeshua the Messiah. So, Lucifer's agent in the earth in stirring the leadership of mankind against the God of Israel and against his rulership in the earth is going to be expressed through Esau. Wherein Acts chapter 4, verse 26 is making a reference back to Psalm chapter 2, and the application that's given in Acts chapter 4, verse 27 is that the kings of the earth are opposing Yeshua. And in mentioning this opposition to Yeshua, it first lists Herod, who was an Edomite or from Esau, and Pontius Pilate, who was the governor of Rome. And in the scriptures, particularly in the book of Obadiah chapter 1, we can see the association of Esau to historical Rome. Then we're going to see how Lucifer's original rebellion against the kingdom of God and the rulership of Yeshua over the kingdom of God is going to continue in the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, the God of Israel set forth his divine order of authority. And when he created Adam, he gave Adam the task of being a steward of the kingdom of God and to have dominion over that kingdom. So after the God of Israel created Eve from Adam to be Adam's helpmate... Lucifer, being represented in the garden as a snake, tried to usurp God's established divine authority by speaking to the woman. And we see this in Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. Not only did Lucifer usurp the divine authority that God had established in the garden, but in speaking to the woman, Satan challenged not only God's authority, but the integrity of his word when he said to the woman in genesis chapter three verse one has not god said creating doubt in the mind of the woman regarding the integrity of god's spoken word as a result the god of israel pronounced judgment upon satan for usurping his authority just as satan was judged in the original rebellion against the throne of yeshua by being kicked out of the mountain of god so next in looking at the attributes and the characteristics of the kingdom of darkness We're going to examine the story of Cain and Abel, wherein ultimately Cain killed his brother Abel. And we're told this in Genesis chapter 4 verse 8. So in the story we're going to see how Cain's disobedience to the commandment of the God of Israel, by doing what he wanted to do instead of what the God of Israel commanded, that Cain became angry at God and anger turned into murder and that became a blood sacrifice to Satan. So the Lord said to Cain, in Genesis chapter 4, verses 10 and 11, that the voice of your brother's blood cries out unto me from the ground. And as a result, Cain was cursed. In First John chapter 3, verse 12, we see that Cain is called the son of the wicked one. Being a son means you take after the character or the attributes of the one that is the author of the spiritual behavior that you do. Then next, we're going to look at Nimrod. Nimrod was the son of Cush. And in the land of Shinar, Nimrod began to build Babel or Babylon. Nimrod in Hebrew means rebellion. So, Nimrod was the leader in building a tower to heaven that was in defiance to the God of Israel. And this tower is called the Tower of Babel. And Babel, or Babel in Hebrew, comes from the Hebrew root word Balal, which means to mix. So Babylon means to mix with the intent or purpose to confuse. So in looking at the Tower of Babel, we're going to then see that it foreshadows the desires of the kings of the earth, who are in rebellion against the God of Israel, to eventually establish and set up One world government with one world currency and a one world economic system. Then we're going to look at Esau and we're going to do a detailed study of the character and the attributes of Esau. And in doing so, we're going to see that Esau's spiritual characteristics are associated with the kingdom of darkness. And because of Esau's spiritual characteristics or attributes, he is going to be regarded as a child of the wicked one. In Matthew chapter 13, Yeshua told a parable about the wheat and the tares. And we're going to see from this parable that the tare is going to represent Esau. And Yeshua said in Matthew chapter 13 verse 38 that the tares, which we're going to see represents Esau, are children or they have the same spiritual attributes as the wicked one or Lucifer or Hasatan or Satan. So among the different Tentacles of the Babylonian system, we're going to see that there's a religious Babylon. And central in this religious Babylonian system is the worship of Baal and Ishtar. We're told in Judges chapter 2, verses 11 and verse 13, that the children of Israel worshiped Baal and Ishtar. Furthermore, the children of Israel were given instruction in Exodus chapter 23, verse 24, that they were not to worship pagan pillars, but instead in Exodus chapter 23. Twenty-three, verse twenty-four. It says, "You shall utterly overthrow them and break down the images of the pagan pillars." In other words, don't worship them. So the Hebrew word for images is Strong's number forty-six, seventy-six. It's the Hebrew word matzabach, and it means a pillar or a monument that is used for worship. So what's another name for this pillar or monument that was used for worship? We refer to it as an obelisk. So the children of Israel were told in Exodus chapter 34 verses 12 and 13 that when they go into the promised land that they were not to worship any pillars or monuments or obelisks. So we're going to see that the Washington Monument is an obelisk that God instructed the children of Israel not to worship. So one form of an image or a pillar that is mentioned in Leviticus chapter 26 verse 30 is the Hebrew word Haman, which is a sun pillar or a sun wheel that is used in idolatrous worship and we're going to see that the vatican in rome italy is physically laid out in the form of a sun wheel with an obelisk in the center so the sun wheel and the obelisk is specifically what the god of israel told his people they were not to worship so this is associated with sun worship So we're going to see that historical Greco-Roman Christianity mixed the elements of sun worship with faith in expressing Yeshua as the Messiah. Then we are going to see in this teaching that the United States is the prophesied end time daughter of Babylon. In the United States form of government is a democratic republic. And democracy comes from Greece. And a republic was a form of government used by the Romans. So the US government has a Greco-Roman form of government. So we're going to see in this teaching that Esau is associated with Greece, and Esau is associated with a goat. In Daniel chapter 8 verse 21, Greece is associated with a goat. Then we're going to see that not only is Esau associated with Greece and a goat, but Esau is associated with Rome. So when it talks about Esau or Edom in Obadiah chapter 1 verse 1, it goes on to say about him in obadiah chapter one verse eleven that he cast lots upon jerusalem so in the first century the one who historically did this were the romans then we're going to see that the statue of liberty is actually a representation of the roman goddess of freedom and liberty called libertas So, because this Roman goddess Libertas was associated with freedom and liberty, she becomes the goddess of immigrants. And in being the goddess of freedom and liberty, she represents all forms of freedom, including sexual freedom and having the personal freedom to do anything that you want to do because you want to do it and it feels good. And as a result, she is linked with the Babylonian goddess Ishtar, who the Roman historian Cicero says has the title of mother of harlots next we're going to see that the goddess columbia became the female personification of the united states when the united states was founded so the ia ending of columbia becomes the female form of columbus who is regarded as discovering america and the ia ending is common in latin names for countries so the goddess Columbia became associated with the United States, and as a result, the capital of the United States, Washington, D.C., or the District of Columbia, is named after her. Then we're going to see that the Olympic Games were regarded as a religious festival, held in honor of the supreme Greek god Zeus. And in the Greek system of gods, it was seen that Zeus married Europa, and the continent of Europe is named after Europa and in the Greek story of gods Europa is seen sitting on Zeus who is likened to a bull of course the book of Revelation tells us about a woman riding a beast so the Greek culture had many gods but Zeus was regarded as the supreme God of the gods and the primary gods in the Greek culture were honored on Mount Olympus in Greece and among the symbols for Zeus was that of an eagle and a bull. So in furthering looking at the octopus tentacles of the kingdom of darkness, we're going to look at the pyramid structure of the political economic system of the western world. And at the top of the pyramid, those that meet and make decisions about the running of the world This group is known as the Committee of 300. And taking after the Greek culture where their primary gods were honored on Mount Olympus... Another name for this committee of 300 is the Olympians. And this committee of 300 has an inner circle. And this inner circle is known as the Knights of the Order of the Garter. So the committee of 300 and the Knights of the Order of the Garter, in making their decisions to run the world, it becomes administered through its front organizations. And these front organizations may be regarded as the round table of decision makers and who is a part of this round table is the united nations the club of rome the bilderberg group the council on foreign relations the trilateral commission and in england the organization is called the royal institute for international affairs and then we have the various organizations that are affiliated with them so we will be examining these roundtable entities in this teaching. Then we're going to see the Knights of the Order of the Garter, the inner group of the Committee of 300. They are the parent organization over Freemasonry worldwide. And those who rise to become 33rd degree Masons, they will swear allegiance the Order of the Garter. So then we're going to look at Freemasonry and the degrees of Freemasonry. A person who wishes to become a Freemason starts out in the Blue Lodge. In the Blue Lodge there are three degrees. The first is the Entered Apprentice. The second is the Fellowship degree. And the third is a Master Mason. After going through the first three degrees of the Blue Lodge, the Master Mason has a choice to stay in the Blue Lodge or to seek the advanced degrees through either the Scottish Rite or the York Rite. Within the Scottish Rite, there are the 4th through the 32nd degrees, and the 33rd degree is an honorary degree. Albert Pike was a 33rd degree Scottish Freemason, and he is very highly regarded in Freemasonry as there is a statue of him in Washington, D.C., and he wrote a book, Morals and Dogma, where he more fully explained Freemasonry through the eyes of being a 33 degree Freemason. In doing so, he explained that in reality, Freemasonry is a religion. He went on to say that not only is Freemasonry a religion, but it is Baal worship. And in being Baal worship, Albert Pike testified that Freemasonry teaches that lucifer is god one of the symbols in the occult is baphomet and baphomet is often represented as a demon goat so then we're going to explain that the great seal of the united states is a masonic symbol and part of its symbolism is representing scottish Rite freemasonry on the wings of the eagle and then, from the 1960 edition of the New Age magazine, the official publication of the Supreme Council of the 33rd Degree of Freemasonry in the United States, it explains that the $1 bill is covered with Masonic symbols, and that the pyramid that appears on the $1 bill is the Masonic All-Seeing Eye. Then we're going to give you a detailed explanation of, how Washington DC and in particular the governmental buildings, the Congress, the White House and the Supreme Court are physically laid out in Masonic symbolism. Then we're going to look at Adam Weisskopf and the founding of the Illuminati. Adam Weisskopf founded the Illuminati on May 1, 1776 in Bavaria, Germany and when he did, he desired to incorporate the Illuminati and its beliefs and ideals with that of Freemasonry. Then we're going to look at Bohemian Grove and its Owl Shrine. Bohemian Grove is a private men's club located in California whose members consist of the global elite. In mid-July each year, Bohemian Grove hosts a two-week encampment, and during those two weeks. They have what is called the Cremation of Care Ceremony. It is a theatrical production in which some of the club's members participate as actors. The ceremony takes place in front of the Owl Shrine. That being the case, the demon goddess Lilith has been represented throughout history as an owl. And in the Bible, in Isaiah chapter 34, verse 14, it mentions the wild beasts of the desert along with, and the King James translates it as the screech owl. And where the King James translates the Hebrew as screech owl, it is the Strong's number 3917 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary, and it's the Hebrew word lilith. And lilith is explained as being... A female goddess known as a night demon. Then we're going to see what's associated with the kingdom of darkness is a Babylonian financial system. So, in looking at the Babylonian financial system, we're going to first review the history of modern banking which traces its roots to the medieval and early Renaissance period in Italy. And from these banking roots, the Rothschild family became a European banking dynasty. That dynasty is initially connected to Mare Amschel Rothschild, who lived from 1744 to 1812. He was a German Jew who was raised in Frankfurt's Jewish ghetto. He became a pioneer of international finance. Mayor Rothschild had five sons who became their father's agent in five major financial centers of Europe. Mayor Amschel Rothschild was famously quoted as saying, Give me control of a nation's money supply, and I care not who writes its laws. So after examining the history of the Rothschild banking dynasty that began in Europe but then got a foothold in the United States, that will lead us to studying the Financial Panic of 1907. This took place over a three-week period starting in mid-October when the New York Stock Exchange fell almost 50% from its peak the previous year. And in the aftermath of the Financial Panic of 1907... Senator Nelson Aldrich worked with several key bankers and economists to design a plan in 1911 for an American central bank. This work included a trip to Jekyll Island in 1910 to have a meeting which resulted in draft legislation which was named the Aldrich Plan, which ultimately was incorporated into the 1913 Federal Reserve Act signed by President Woodrow Wilson. The Federal Reserve Act was passed by the 63rd United States Congress on December twenty third, 1913. The Federal Reserve Act created the Federal Reserve System, consisting of 12 regional Federal Reserve Banks jointly responsible for managing the country's money supply, making loans, and providing oversight to banks and serving as a lender of last resort. Since 1980, all depository institutions have been required to set aside reserves with the Federal Reserve, and this is called fractional reserve banking. Fractional reserve banking is the most common form of banking practiced by commercial banks worldwide. Being a private central bank and being in control of the nation's money supply, the Federal Reserve had the power to increase or decrease the money supply. And as the following chart shows, beginning at the end of 1929, which is when the famous stock market crash occurred in the United States, which led to the Great Depression, The Federal Reserve shrank the money supply from late 1929 into 1933, and this resulted in America's highest unemployment rate in the last 100 years of 25% in 1932 and in 1933. And after that... We're going to look at the Babylonian octopus tentacles of the kingdom of darkness in the form of political Babylon. And one of the entities of political Babylon is the United Nations. In the aftermath of World War II, well that's going to conclude part one of the series on the subject exposing the kingdom of darkness. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.